Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, our friend Garland made the news today. Binkley, did you say you read immediately in the AJC what happened at his hearing from today? In case people don't understand, Garland's guy was fighting for election integrity in Georgia. He is uh, very well down the road in his case of looking at the ballots that he had poll workers swear in affidavits that they looked like they were on the wrong paper sock that they had been actually printed out already filled in on a printer and that they weren't folded. So they were not, it wasn't possible that they were mailed in. So he's been fighting this fight since December. What's the latest Binkley? Well, this is according to the AJC and I know we can verify the truth of it with Garland when we talk to him tomorrow, but the headline main story in the AJC, Georgia headed towards another presidential election review. And they say that, the judge agreed for, to unseal more than 145,000 Fulton County absentee ballots. And this was earlier today. The plaintiff, Garland, of which is one of them, they, they want to scan and examine the ballots to determine whether they are legitimate. But they wanted to give the ballots. They wanted to take them and give them to a private company to do that. They are not going to allow that. Instead, the ballots will remain in the custody of Fulton County election officials to, and this is a quote, to prevent, this is a quote from the article anyway, to prevent the kind of allegations of mishandling ballots and improper procedures that have dogged the audit of ballots in Arizona in recent weeks. So I find it interesting that they're not going to let them take the ballots and they're going to keep them in the hands of the Fulton County officials, which would be part of the corrupt group if there was corruption going on here. And they're, and they're citing allegations, not actual facts that have been proven about Arizona, but they're saying because of the allegations that the Arizona has mishandled, that Cyber Ninja has mishandled in Arizona, we're not going to allow your private company to look at it down here. That's I, I don't like that part of it because I don't trust the county officials. But the Here's what they say about Garland. They take kind of a gar- kind of a shot at Garland. They say Friday's decision came in a lawsuit filed by nine plaintiffs, including Garland Favrito, a Fulton County resident and self-styled election watchdog. So they throw self-styled. That little, yeah. He's been. He has been. What what's a what kind of election? Oh, he, it has to be Jimmy Carter and approved by the UN to not be self styled. He has an organization, VoterGA.org. He's been doing this for decades with other people. Yeah, right. <laughs> and AJC's taking shots at it, and it's part of this pre-bunking that we've been talked about. That, that we've been talking about that they are now using that as a as a strategy. They're getting their activists to do and stuff. And I expect to see similar stories, similar talking points about the Georgia audit that we've been hearing about Arizona and Garland and everybody else involved. They're they're really going to be under the gun here in in the coming weeks as as we approve. The details of the review are to be sorted in the future. We still don't know the exact details of when this is going to happen, but the judge says that he intends to order the absentee ballots to be scanned by county officials to produce high to produce high resolution images. And then the plaintiffs are going to examine those images to determine whether or not they are fraudulent. So they're going to get images of the ballots, it looks like. Well, 
high resolution images are not the same. I mean, the, the whole point of the fact that they looked like they were filled out by a toner, those perfect circles, is that if you actually physically examine the ballots, that's I don't think a high resolution image can tell you if it's on the wrong paper stock or can tell you they were saying that it wasn't indented like a pen or a pencil filled it out. Now, how are you going to get that from an image? Yeah. And even the fold, you know, maybe right. I, I guess a fold you could see in an image, but maybe not like that. It seems like the, the actually I thought the only reason they were focusing on the mail in ballots is because those were the physical ballots like they yeah. weren't even bothering with the stuff that was just imagey. Yeah, the, the article says that the high resolution images could be used to determine whether the ballots were filled out by hand or by machine. I don't know what kind of resolution they're looking at. I would like for it to be the actual ballots, personally. Yeah. This I mean, seems I can like see a, if it's a perfect circle versus an imperfect circle, yes, but... that. Yeah, so they've had the can kicked. For people who've been listening to us for a while, we've been interviewing Garland, the person involved... Since December. Yeah, about this, about this ongoing process. And they've been kicking the can every single time they do a hearing. They've been giving him the runaround. They've been finding procedural things to to not allow him to do, just just not not based on the content. So this seems like another another way of that to me. It seems like they like had to give them something, but now they're still going to make it difficult for them to prove their case. Yeah, the longer it gets into Biden's thing, then the worse, like, like, or whatever. That's all they care about. And actually, who knows how long they have Biden slated for this role. I cannot help but think of that Oedipus foreshadowing from Elul. Like, it just seems weird to me. I just don't think, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Biden is, doesn't f- finish out his term. But but moving, if the, there's something wrong with the election, that taints Kamala also. So they do want to kick that can. Well, you would think it would taint Mama Kamala, Mamala, as her stepkids yes. call her. But she's almost in that Stacey Abrams position where, because of her intersectionality, well, she's I don't, I don't mean, yeah, I don't mean like her, her, um, image. I mean, her, the election, she was elected on the same ballot. So if they yeah. say, well, this is a bad election, they can't throw Biden out and put Kamala in. Right. So, I mean, it's not just a shot at Biden, but at a certain point, then they get to say it's racism. Totally. Absolutely. And that's what they're already saying. This is that these these election inspections, Arizona, Georgia, this is the big lie. This is the capital insurrection. This is racism. That's what that's the foundation of the attacks that the pre bucking that they're doing with this. And some news out of Arizona, the Arizona secretary of state has ordered new machines there's been she put out a letter saying that her office will not recertify election equipment that was handed over uh, to the Arizona audit in the subpoena, which was given to Cyber Ninjas so they can uh, inspect the, the machines. She advises the county to purchase new equipment. And the reasoning is because of her fear that Cyber Ninjas is tampering, is going to tamper with the machines and make them vulnerable. So she's saying that they are too incompetent to do an audit, but they are competent enough to tamper with the machines. <laughs> Therefore, we need new machines. To me, right. this And they feels- can't test the machines to see if they've been tampered with? That's a problem because anyone at any time, what if a Cyber Ninja guy secretly got a job at wherever, Maricopa County, if the, if the machines, if you can tamper with the machines and then not detect if they've been tampered with, then you cannot use machines like that. 
Exactly. This feels to me like it could be they might find something in those machines. Therefore, I better blame it on them before they come out with what they find. If that makes sense. Yes. Pre-bunking. Pre-bunking. <laughs> we used to call it, that's what we used to call it in banking. If you think somebody, and it happens in Airbnb too, if you think somebody is going to give you a bad review, if you have two-way reviews, some places have upward reviews and downward reviews, and like Airbnb has upward reviews and downward reviews, if you think that person's going to give you a bad review, you do the preemptive slam <laughs> to try to discredit them. Even if yeah. they're fine, you're like, oh, that guy's a complete jerk. He totally is unreasonable, hates women. Yeah. You know, I would never do that. But that is definitely, it, was, it had a name, the preemptive slam. I like the poisoning the well, but that obviously would not yes. be as effective. That sounds negative. People. Yeah, exactly. That sounds negative. So I did want to get to something that I teased to yesterday. And it, it's this article that I read. It, it, was, it was one of those teasers on Twitter, like you click on it and you think you're getting a tweet or a story that you can retweet, but you can't. It's just a story up top. And it's like Twitter it says, summary. Yeah. And it says, add your thoughts and you tweet and it doesn't link to the article. It's very weird. So I had a very strange like interaction on Twitter. Just I, it was confusing, but I will tell you what they fed me. The reason I'm telling you that is that Twitter fed me this story. Top thing. It said, this was the headline, it's, it was out of the New York Times. An army of 16-year-olds takes on the Democrats. Young progressives are an unpredictable new factor in Massachusetts elections. They're ardent and organized, and they don't take orders. And then underneath that, so that's the big giant headline at the top of your Twitter feed, and then underneath it, it says, has a picture of a, a young woman, that's when I realized I had a stake in this game. They are scared of me, a random teenager on the Internet who just happened to be doing some organizing with her friends, she said. I think that made us all think, hey, they're scared of us. We have power over them. OK, and something about I think the article called them the, the Marky verse or something. And it was these young people who were credited for getting this old guy, Marky, elected in Massachusetts against a Kennedy because he. Even though he was old, he had more progressive ideas. And as I was reading, I thought to myself, this just reminds me so much of a link that Dean tweeted at us a while back for the Sunrise Movement, which was having a conference organized by the World Economic Forum. And I mean, what was likely that this happened to be that? Like, there are a million things like that. So I tweeted that at Dean, like, what did, what was it called? The, the whatever. Then as I investigated the Marky verse. I was like, why is it called the Marky verse? I didn't understand that it was derived from that guy's name. I find this article in The Hill that says the Sunrise Movement, a youth-driven environmental advocacy group endorsed Marky before Kevin Kennedy even announced his challenge because of the incumbent's prominent role in crafting the Green New Deal. So Marky crafted the Green New Deal. It was a sweeping proposal to tackle climate change. And uh, he induced, introduced it alongside AOC. We got involved quite simply because we worked very closely with Markey over the prior year on the Green New Deal. Evan Weber, Sunrise's national political director, told The Hill. So the New York Times is telling us that these grassroots um, 
bootstrapping teens who are saying, I am just some random internet teen who happens to be organizing with friends. They are the Markyverse. The New York Times is saying they are the people who got Marky in office. The Hill reported that it went, it just smacked of the Sunrise Movement and the global shapers. It's related to that. Yeah, so this is the progressives versus the Democrats. But it's not, I don't think that's, that's what the Marky, that's what that, that race was, but Kennedy is probably all for it. And then later they give him his deal. Like that's that. But this is about acting like this is what you're saying. And it's not, this is top down, not bottom up. I know. I know. That's that's how they're presenting it though. Right. This as the progressive 16 year olds versus the Democrats. Right. That's how they're presenting it. And I'm saying that's a top down thing, which it doesn't take long to see how it works. And as I went down this rabbit hole, as I, uh, pulled this stuff out. I found a, a person, DeannaPratt.com. She uh, is a, a social impact accelerator. So that's like um, the Bronx sunrise or something, sunset, I don't know what it was called, that AOC had something to do with these social impact accelerators. So, I, and and her actual tagline was, I work alongside the sunrise movement and the World Economic Forum's global <laughs> shaper. So she draws that connection right there and I couldn't find any place else. But as I look to where, what, what she, what, what, one of her affiliates is called the uh, YLAI, the young, um, Oh, the young professionals, I, I forget what it was called, but it's a so I looked into that and that's a Department of State fellowship. So so the Department of State is paying for a social impact accelerator that's working with the Sunrise Group, the World Economic Forum, this random teenagers who got Marky. Right. So the Department of State is very clearly a straight line to the outcome of this election, federal election in Massachusetts. And then as I dug into the that social impact accelerator thing, I found uh, tax incentives, subsidized financing, grants, helping people win government contracts. So it all goes back to a lot of this stuff that I saw in that email of the Bidens where they just, they, they literally, well, the Biden thing I'm going to do as a last story of the free 30 about how, how that they are just selling access there. But this is the social impact accelerator is being funded by state and federal governments with taxpayers money. Very, it's, it's like a thinly veiled, thing so that politics is creating the social engineering i mean that it is time for us to realize like our government is not the limited government that the constitution defines yeah they like to push this idea of the young people are taking a stand because they're upset and they've had it which is total bs it's young people have been indoctrinated into these activist groups which are funded from the top down like you said that's not that's a Stacey Abrams that's AOC that's where a lot of these politicians we see today they were allowed into these very exclusive organizations to learn how to be activists and then they're presented as though there's some grassroots people who came up from poverty just to go be a bartender or uh, a novel writer like like yeah, and they're Abrams. and they're like Puppets of color, like they are there as front (laughs) men for the World Economic Forum. I mean, I'm drawing the lines right here. This is I mean, I cannot even speculating anymore. It's and yeah, yeah, 
One other thing it reminds me of is the Rockfin video that we just posted yesterday talked about how to how from the top down, the CFR will get local journalists, local newsrooms to propagate their line on vaccinations and make it appear as though it comes from the bottom down. They go in, they tell them the scripts, they they find the target audience. This is the same thing here. It's co-opting young people in certain locales and getting them together as activists and then try and then convincing the world that they emerge uh, spontaneously because of their hate and anger. You know what it makes me think about is how the CIA, Gloria Steinem, was employed by the CIA. And she was part of the cultural revolution here, the counterculture, whatever you want to call it. You can still see the deep state manipulating our culture to create conflict and change and usher in more of this unconstitutional overreach on on the federal side. And they do it because they know it's beyond their reach is beyond their reach to actually legislate some of this stuff, the Green New Deal, whatever. So they want they want the legislation. So this is the State Department wanting the Green New Deal legislation and fostering the appearance of a grassroots urgency for it. Now, you got to smell a rat. They're not doing it because they love these kids. Yeah, they just adore them. Klaus Schwab adores the, the young people. Yes, he might, but only for their adrenochrome. <laughs> so things, I... Yeah. And I like the uh, the article that you were telling me while you were perusing the AJC. You saw something that reminded you of me. Oh, shot spotter. So a couple of years ago, you covered a story about Atlanta testing what's called shot spotter, which is a system of hearing listening devices that are put up around the city that listen for gunshots and. It didn't work too well. Apparently, they didn't have good results from their their study. A lot of people complained about mass surveillance. So what do you do when something like that fails? Well, two years later, you try it again. (laughs) Atlanta is testing an enhanced version of the (laughs) gunshot sensors tested in 2018, Shot Spotter. So this is what this is. You know how they're and I and I used to talk about it because they put up, quote, red light cameras. They put up red light cameras. So it's just camera surveillance on every street corner, which, you know, right now, obviously, it's for surveillance. It's not for red lights. And when they put those up, it immediately within one month, all red lights, all running red lights. They people would not run them anymore because they were getting ticketed automatically. So it completely solved off of the, the camera. Yeah. Right. So that immediately solved the dangerous problem of people running red lights. So what did they say? Well, unfortunately, because it works so well, we no longer get money for red light running tickets. So we're going to stop. We're going to stop using it or stop using it for that. I, I kid you not. I was like, wait a second. So it was a a money making scheme and not a safety scheme. Like, where is your mandate here? But regardless, you can see on every corner like more cameras than are necessary for strictly that purpose. Obviously, yeah. it's for surveillance. So then they wanted to put in sound so they so you so they could hear everything that you said also. And I considered it at the time the most ridiculous excuse for for audio surveillance is that is this thing, which supposedly if there's a if there's a noise that could be a gunshot and no one calls it in, 
No one gets hurt. No one is shot. No one calls an ambulance. Basically, a shot is fired and it doesn't make a sound because there's no one there to hear it. They're wiring the entire city for sound so that they can be alerted to these events. Are they going to wire the entire forest in case a tree falls and nobody hears it? Oh, you got to save those trees. Failures and false alarms is one of the reasons it, it didn't work last time. They were sending alerts and it wasn't gunshots because they were misdetecting things. And just to give you an idea of the expansiveness of this program, the spot shot is a gunshot detector installed atop buildings and light poles that can pinpoint gunfire, alert emergency response, and direct officers to specific areas of concern. And according to the website, it's now being used in 117 cities in multiple countries yeah it's just the it's that total information awareness that was the whose goal is between facial recognition that audio surveillance and gate recognition so they can see you coming and they can see you going and they can hear what you say yeah that's total information awareness so that every camera and speaker as as you walk out of range of it another one will pick it up there's that and then there's also the movement towards getting rid of niches getting rid of enclaves getting rid of architectural styles or landscaping that could block that surveillance that's yeah. that's coming out of the school shooting and that makes me think of the jesse smollett thing which a lot of people missed an, an issue that came out uh, from this was the testing of Chicago's very sophisticated gate recognition technology that, as you said, can tell who a person is by the way that they walk. And they celebrated the success of that smart policing technology. And the guys were wearing masks, right? Yeah. Was that before COVID? It was. was before COVID. Yeah. So that was that was a trial run to see if they were ready. Yeah, that's right. COVID. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. So I just read today, speaking of COVID, that the University of Virginia, UVA, man- is mandating vaccinations for all students joining uh, the student body in the fall. And I am I, I'm, I think I'll be shopping exclusively for colleges for my kids that do not do that. So they're not doing the thing where it's you can have a vaccine card or you can show a negative test. Yeah. They're actually requiring the mask vaccine. shaming yeah. or wear a mask. Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, I don't, people follow me on Twitter will remember this. A couple of weeks ago, like the second person in two days told me that their loved one uh, was diagnosed with lung cancer and died within a month. And I thought, I wonder if the acidosis that m- masks can cause, overuse of masks, they say it can raise that. Like in the beginning of the mask thing, kidney doctors were saying that kidney patients should not wear masks for extended periods of time because it raises the acid level. So I immediately thought, oh, acid uh, is what is necessary for cancer to grow. That's why people like alkaline water or do that Wim Hof breathing because it reduces, it makes, uh, it, it allows your body pH to break alkaline or a little bit more alkaline because it's just a very narrow threshold where they, you could supposedly, I have no idea, but this is the theory. So I thought, well, let me just see if there's any connection with extended mask wearing and cancer lung cancer specifically. So I posited it, then looked it up and found an article from 1997 in 
PubMed, something like that. It's in the sh- it's going to be in the show notes for today that said uh, the title of the article was carbon dioxide, an important messenger molecule for small cell lung cancer. And then what it said in that in that study was chronic non-neoplastic lung diseases that impair pulmonary oxygenation while increasing the levels of intrapulmonary carbon dioxide. So if if you have a lung condition that reduces the oxygen and increases the CO2, that is a documented risk factor for developing lung cancer in smokers and non-smokers. It is uh, true for non... Uh, for small cell lung cancer... And non-small cell lung carcinoma, uh, but not adenocarcinoma or squamous cell carcinoma. So I would just say I would keep an eye on. And then I found. That's a question that somebody in Congress could ask Dr. Fauci. They could bring that up, something like that. That's very. Well, I thought I figured I was on to something when I found a debunking article. You know, you're saying masks. Masks do not cause lung cancer. And I immediately thought, oh, my gosh, do masks call lung cancer? <laughs> I was like, I might have been right about that. But I will also connect the debunking article for people who want to. It doesn't disprove what it says is, although there is evidence that CO2, elevated CO2 can lead to lung cancer, we, we are saying that masks don't allow that level of CO2 rebreathing. So that's their argument. That's not a very strong argument for it. I don't know. I, I urge people to, to click on the links in the show notes. And uh, but I just thought it was weird. I thought I'd follow up on that. And then I also wondered if people who have some knowledge of Wim Hof breathing, which I also put in the show notes, W-I-M-H-O-F is a guy, the polar bear guy. The ice man. Yeah. So maybe people understand a little bit more about Wim Hof breathing might want to uh, think about whether or not that is something that does truly reduce your risk of cancer. I don't know. But these are threads we could pull on. Before we get to our next story, which will be the final story of the Free 30, which is going to be... Does Hunter's laptop show that the son sells access to his dad? That's kind of a follow on on one of the stories I did earlier. But I will tell you before we get to that, I will tell you what to expect in the patron 15. Why is it breaking news that dudes like good looking chicks? Wait, Binkley's on that story. Oh, yeah. You got it, buddy. We want to hear what you have to say on that. Breaking news. news. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and another code you cracked. Do we have smoking gun evidence that Biden is too old to drive? Not too old to run the country, but too old to drive. That's in the patron 15. Before we get to any of that, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. Today's show is sponsored by LibertyGear.net. This is owned and operated by a patron saint, a big, he's kind of like an uber patron saint. He's a big supporter of the show, a big participant. He actually did a uh, Discord URL for us. Where the heck is that? Do you remember what it is, Binkley? He set up a Discord server and he also actually made the URL for it. It's like Discord DPP 
dot com, something like that. I should I find it. I don't know what the link is. I, I think that All right, well, I know that they used to have to send it out. Yeah, but he made a URL for it. And what you can do is if you if you are a friend of the show or a patron saint, by the time we go to DPP tonight, you will find the after party at Discord and we'll give you the link there. But but mostly go to libertygear.net. First of all, because this is our most humorous patron. So when you see the fun T-shirts and masks and other stuff, edgy, some just good old fashioned fun. Some of the stuff I've had him made for me is just fun and funny, not too edgy. But he's got an online store filled with masks, shirts, and even some cool posters, protest gear, the Obey mask, which was my idea, PSYOP, Flatten the Lies, lots of funny, weird stuff that will lighten up your day. It's lightened up my day, I can tell you that. And if you don't want to wear a mask, but sometimes you have to, you might as well use it to reach out to like-minded people who also are in a spot like you. They have to wear the mask. It's like, it reminds me of when my dad said, he said that, after World War II, yes, my dad fought in World War II, he had a motorcycle. And first of all, everyone thought he was a hoodlum. But he said, if you were passing, if you were on a highway, freeway, whatever they were called back then, and you said they were so rare that if you saw somebody going in the other direction on a motorcycle, you guys would both pull off at the next exit and circle up so you could chat. And even to this day, if I see a motorcycle, I give the thumbs up. That's like the universal sign for... I dig motorcycles. <laughs> and I feel like if you've if you're wearing one of the libertygear.net masks, you're going to find that that other kindred spirit out there in the world. So, it's it's a great idea and but especially it's an attractor. It's and yes, and a and a sign. It's a it's a virtue signal or or it would be a, vi- a vice signal for the people who don't like it, but hey, what's a little antagonism among among opponents in this crazy world right now. So, but what I really love about libertygear.net is that you can contact our guy through the site there and he'll make you anything you want. And it's great. It's really fun and funny. I mean, you can Photoshop your head onto Superman's body or (laughs) Binkley's head onto Brad Pitt's body. That's happened before. Yep. So these are just fun little things that libertygear.net can do for you. So please check him out, his stuff out, libertygear.net. And if you do love the show and want to support us, support our sponsors and also support us. So if you want to see what a DPP is like and you're listening to this show today, Friday, the third Friday of May, you can plug into tonight's DPP if you become a friend of the show or a patron saint before showtime, which is 8 p.m. Eastern. Check that out. There are a lot of premium uh, um, benefits to being one of those higher tier patrons. So check that out, patreon.com slash propaganda report. And if you do, you will never listen to our commercials again, even though we love for you to know about our sponsors, you know about them and you can move on. And with that, on to the last story of the free 30. So there was a, uh, an email or maybe even a series of emails in that laptop, that Hunter Biden laptop. It reminds me of the Edward Snowden stuff. Like years later, he's still coming out with stuff on his like 500,000 thumb drives that he, I guess, shoved up his uh, backpack. His prison when, wallet. 
when he was leaving, when he was escaping from Hawaii. Oh. No, but they they keep coming up with this stuff with the laptop, and I don't know what it's all about, but it's it's not it's not looking good. It's in an uh, emails to Hunter from Louis Free, who was the FBI director from I just looked it up before the show from 1993 to 2001. I mean, I just have to rattle off some of the highlights of this guy's career as FBI director. Ruby Ridge happened under his uh, watch. Waco, TWA Flight 800, that investigation, Centennial Olympic Park bombing, the Unabomber, Robert Hansen, who was a spy 10 years after the Berlin Wall fell. He was a USSR spy after the USSR no longer existed. That was a bit of a... Weird one, um, but that was also during the time of the World Trade Center one. He he left office before September 11th, only to be replaced by uh, our friend um, Robert Mueller. So I guess only Robert Mueller could outdo this guy as head of the <laughs> FBI. But he was there during the first World Trade Center bombing and Oklahoma City, if I if I've got my dates right, close to it anyway. It would be definitely for OKC. He was there. So this guy's already sketchy, in my opinion. And he wrote to Hunter in 2016 as Joe was leaving office, but still was VP. I would like this is a quote from one of the emails. I would like to persuade Joe to associate with me. And my firm, as we have some very good and profitable matters, which he could enhance with minimal time. And by the way, I gave $100,000 to your brother's kids trust fund. Don't know if you noticed that, something like that. I'm paraphrasing now. And he said, so... This reminded me of the hidden audio of Victoria Newland saying that Joe Biden would go to Ukraine to give an attaboy to the guys who are taking over that democratically elected country. And it's just it, it accentuated to me the power that comes with these offices and how just being there, just but just showing your face or shaking your hand or giving someone an attaboy is something that you can sell. And I feel like that is behind some of the the positions, the lucrative positions that Hunter has been known to achieve. Yeah, it's like a celebrity appearance. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, right. Big money, big money, big money. So, okay, we've got more. We've got more stuff. It's in the in the page in 15. I want to point out a couple of things, make a couple of announcements, and I've got a shout out. The announcements are we are talking to Garland tomorrow. I got to confirm this with him because he might be busy now. But at noon Eastern, that's nine Pacific a.m. Uh, so noon tomorrow, we're talking to Garland. You can find it at YouTube.com slash Monica Perez. But you can find it also on the Propaganda Report YouTube channel. But it's live, so it's a little squishy. We are having a DPP tonight. Disappearing patron party for is a VIP one. So it's friends of the show and patron saints only. That's going to be fun. Always is. And then we've got, oh, I wanted to tell people tomorrow there's a live screening. And I bet you're not going to be able to see it any other time. I've been looking for this for years of that Jeff Adachi documentary called Ricochet, which I think will make it very clear that that Kate Steinle case was fishy from the start. Right after he made this, before it was released, he was he died under suspicious circumstances. He was the public defender in San Francisco. And I can't wait to watch it. I think it's at it's at 3 p.m. tomorrow. I think that's specific 
at CAMFEST, C-A-A-M-F-E-S-T.com, CAMFEST. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our friend and patron, Moral Bob, whose show we have been on in its old incarnation and its new incarnation. So Moral Bob's new podcast is called Hidden in Plain Sight, and we have already been on it. It was a marathon, two and a half hours. You can find a link to that in the May newsletter which is at thepropreport.com. Just big shout out and thank you to Marl Bob for his support and keep up the good work and good luck on your new podcast. And now on to the patient 15. All right. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to y'all next week. Earn the patron 15, or we'll see you tonight at the DPP. Have a great rest of your day.